Heads up, friends. The unofficial Shopify podcast is made by indie entrepreneurs for indie entrepreneurs and may contain material not suitable for all audiences, like swearing or economics. Listener discretion is advised. Customer order updates got you freaking? How about your customer? Let's check in with them. Where is my order? I expect a response in 20 minutes, or I'll leave a one-star review everywhere, including your mom's house. Yikes. What if customers could find their own orders with Ventoff Order Lookup, the Shopify app that makes order tracking a breeze? With Ventoff Order Lookup, customers quickly and easily search for their own orders in your store with their email address or their order number. No more wasting time and losing your sanity trying to track down orders for customers. Try Ventoff Order Lookup today and get your order tracking under control. Just search Order Lookup in the App Store to start your free trial. Oh, I'm so sorry about that. You know what? My order was at the front door the whole time. Five stars. So we've heard about the importance of content creation. And everybody wants to be a content creator now. Over the pandemic, it became a cottage industry. People just churning out seven second videos by the hundreds in their homes. And you quickly discover with content creation, whether that's video or audio, lighting is incredibly important and really difficult to get right. Or at least it often can be, you know, you shoot a hundred photos in a hundred different lightings. And if you get really lucky, five of those are going to work unless you could get eh, maybe some good gear. You start upgrading your gear and now you start getting experience and you start discovering, ah, not all light is the same photography and videography. A lot of it is how do I model light? Can I shape light to do what I want. And when to a lay person looking at the media, that makes all the difference between whether or not it's perceived as good, as professional, as interesting, as artistic. There is so much in this. You are painting with light, my friends. And so I've got someone here who has turned that into a career. No, he's turned that into an impressive DTC business with some really original, interesting lighting products. So today we're going to hear a story about a Shopify merchant, LoomCube, and we're joined by Riley Strickland from LoomCube. He's the co-founder and CEO there. He's been leading uh, brand and personal lighting for creators, creators and innovators since co-founding the business in 2014, spearheaded their transition in 2018 to uh, DTC first from wholesale. You know, they were selling drone accessories in the Apple store years ago. That's where I knew them from, but now they've moved on to these these really clever uh, lighting solutions. And that's what we're going to talk about today. This is the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Check nasty. Riley, welcome. Kurt, great to be here, man. My pleasure, man. Okay, let's, the, the company's called LoomCube. What is a LoomCube? So the LoomCube was, uh, was the original product that this company was based on. And uh, we really, the first four years of the business, that was all we sold and different accessories you can mount. It's a small golf ball sized cube uh, that emits 1500 lumens, a crazy amount of light. Think of a little motorcycle headlight that can fit in your pocket. And it was really designed for content creators. Uh, you can mount it to a camera, mount them to a drone, mount them to a GoPro. 
yeah, so the original company was really founded on a single product, a small durable light source that was waterproof and could you know, run over it in a truck and just mounted to different devices. So that was the origination and started on Kickstarter. And that's uh, that's where we came from. That really, what you've described essentially is like, we have made the GoPro of lights. Small, that was our, our the term referred to us for a while in the early days. Small, durable, powerful, accessorized, like it just attaches to a lot of things. Um, that's very cool. Yeah. And you you know, back then, it, I, Kickstarter was easier. For sure. yeah. Like, if you launched a product today, would it involve Kickstarter or another crowdfunding platform? As a new company? Oh, that's a good question. Would Would LoomCube do it, or if you had a, if you were starting over, would you do it both both ways? Uh, I would. We had a great experience with it. I think for for a, a first time founding team who didn't have access to a lot of you know venture capital and stuff. I think back then, as a D to C business raising outside capital was challenging so kickstarter was a really nice medium for that for it was an accessible way to get a couple hundred grand and one of the things i think that was outside of the money was nice for us is that this was a first of its kind product it wasn't a better mousetrap you know it wasn't like hey we've got a cool shirt or a new coffee mug so kickstarter was a great way to validate the idea you know we were still working other jobs and it wasn't until we raised a quarter million dollars in 30 days that we eventually said, okay, let's quit our jobs and shift all of our time and energy on this because it looks like people actually want this thing versus making that risk without any public validation. Uh, so it was a nice way to make six prototypes and validate that, all right, let's make the bet and spend our time on this project. And so uh, that's a, a pretty good endorsement of Kickstarter. And the thing I love about it is it, it being able to validate the idea. Because manufacturing products, especially you're manufacturing small consumer electronics that also involve batteries and a lot of heat, mm -hmm. and doing it back in 2014, this could not have been easy to produce this thing. No, no. So that was, uh, we made every mistake in the book. We came from the software business, myself and the other two co-founders. And uh, so this was our, our first rodeo, trying to make something in China. And you know, did everything from completely underestimate the costs of the product, which majorly impacted us, uh, to not understanding imports and not understanding how to make them and having units that would smoke and start melting in users' hands and, you know, everything that you could think could go wrong. I've got a story for it. So that's, uh, that's more of a story over a beer. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but we made every mistake in the book and have had to learn along the way. If you had to go back and like, tell yourself, Hey, You've got like 10 seconds to give yourself advice as this Kickstarter is about to close. What would it be? What would you have done differently? Hindsight being 2020. Find somebody who really knows numbers and financials. Because you're kind of going, what, going by the, the seat of your pants? Totally, totally. The The three of us had very three different expertises, so we complemented each other well, but neither of us was an expert in finance or numbers. And so really when things from a, the front of the business, you know, we were in Best Buys, Apple stores, uh, really crushing it and building a great brand. We underestimated how in a consumer product and a high-end electronic, making it in China, how capital intensive that would be. And so no matter how well things are going on the front end, you know, if you don't have money in the bank and you're not making money and can cash flow the business, things get really tough. And so we, we had that. And I have countless stories of people who have built great brands, but have been underwater in debt or have 
you know, mismanaged their financials and the business is no longer around. So for us, it put us in some hard times, but uh, we learned from it. But that would be hindsight being 2020. I have a great finance team now and they keep me in check on everything that I want to do and tell me no when I, I have to be told no. But uh, yeah, that would be hindsight 2020 for me. Know your numbers. Know your numbers. It's, uh, easier said than done, but I think, you know, being aware of it uh, and, and trying to approach it early on with, with some sense and sanity Sounds like it, it goes a long way to avoiding problems. You're future-proofing yourself yeah. from some issues we there. Didn't even, we had to raise, while it was great to do about a quarter million dollars on the Kickstarter campaign, we couldn't deliver the product without raising another half a million dollars privately because we underestimated the cost. You know, Everything was built for the Kickstarter and the sale That's price. That's a lot yeah. of underestimate. Going for, yeah. All right, so the Kickstarter was 25K you got? 250. 250, 250. okay. And then so you needed an, an additional... You really, you needed triple that amount in total. Yep. Yep. To get so, this thing to work. Yeah. Woo! Everything everything came back to, you know, we estimated about 12 to $14 per unit. So we're selling the things for $35 on the Kickstarter campaign. And turns out it was about 24 to $27 per unit before import. We sold about 4,400 units in the Kickstarter campaign, but you, know, you can't go and place a PO for 4,400 units. You got to make 10,000. So we didn't understand MOQs and, you know, import. Oh, oh boy. And then even, you know, the little things that you don't think about is, hey, what is this going to be imported from a tariff perspective? What is it? What are customs going to take from me as a, you know, small waterproof LED light? And you know, I think we've all experienced a lot of that with the Chinese tariffs in the last few years because we did make it in Southern China. So, yeah, all those things that, you know, hindsight being 2020, hey, let me know those numbers and know what the actual landed cost is going to be before I decide to sell all these things at $35 a unit. I believe there's a, a, a famous Supreme Court case about is an action figure a doll? And it's be, yeah. it's a tariff case. Totally. And because people get it, they will challenge these things because it gets very, it, you know, if it's like, well, you're going to pay, you know, a dollar a unit. Well, okay, now I got to move tens of thousands of units. This adds up very quickly. Very quickly. And it's why, I mean, there are millions of tariff codes that a lot of products could be, kind of fit in a couple of different ones. In summer at thirty percent right. tariffs and come summer at seven percent. And so how can you make that case? And you know, it's there those are things again that fall into the know your numbers of what is my actual landed cost. And um, you know, outside of that, even things that you don't assume when you're, hey, what can we make this for? Then comes into the cost of fulfillment. Uh, what is FedEx going to charge me to ship this thing to Boston? And so all those things go and before you know it, you're selling it for 35 bucks a unit and your actual delivered cost to the customer is $42, you know? So Ooh. that that's exactly what kind of happened to us, of, um, especially in the D2C business, you know, wholesale was the early days. That was a big thing too for us. So just understanding that while it was the appeal of the Best Buys and the Apple stores, I mean, you know, in our second year in the business, put a physical kit in 600 Apple stores around the world. Payment terms are not great for Apple. <laughs> so- so as a small business, how do we keep that cash flow up? And and you get your yeah. They want the units up front to sell, but if you're lucky, you get what net sixty, net ninety. Exactly, exactly. And you think I've got a I've got ninety day terms. So from the time that I have to prepay and drop you know half a million dollars to make this run, I've got six months before I'll even see a dollar for that. So how do we keep the business afloat through that? So those are all things that we learned along the way. Uh, we were first time founders, and it's been a a very amazing journey and I wouldn't trade it for anything, but, uh, but yeah, hindsight 2020, it's always interesting. With 
we've, we've launched the product successfully on Kickstarter. It validates it. We manufacture it and discover all the ways, all the things we didn't know. Um, yep. And you're able to work past it. You get it. It sounds like the, the focus initially is wholesale, where it's like, can we put this in other retailer stores? Have other people sell this for us at scale? Um, and so it ends up in, in Apple and, and Best Buy and these places. In, how did you get into those stores? So we were big in the trade show realm. That's where we really okay. built the brand. So second year in the business, 2016, I think I spent 220 days on the road that year doing every trade show internationally, domestically, that was within our category. And you know, in a lot of those shows, the CES type shows, we did four years in a row. You have a lot of the the Best Buy reps walking the floor, some Apple store reps, a lot of these distributors from around the world. So that was really our our first anchor into getting a lot of awareness in front of those buyers. And you know, we were fortunate at the time where the biggest product in the world back in 13, 14, 15 was the GoPro, you know, going public. And we strategically followed GoPro around the world at every trade show. So I basically reverse engineered GoPro's distribution list and we got signed up with every GoPro distributor. And so a lot of those things kind of led to introductions to certain buyers. And so, uh, and at that point we were about, I think those first two years, 80% re uh, retail and distribution and then 20% direct, which was through Magento 1.0. So at this point we hadn't even heard the word Shopify. So uh, it was a very different business in those first few years than we are today. Uh, so the... Well, when did you when did you build the e-com store? The first one that you put together is is on Magento 1.0. Ew. And how long? When was that? Like, is it immediately after the Kickstarter? Yeah. So we we did the Kickstarter in November of 2014, and it because of all the challenges in financials and MOQs and some manufacturing uh, hiccups that we experienced, we didn't deliver until Christmas of 2015. So it was about 12 or 13 months later, uh, a solid year. And then it was literally January 1st, 2016, that our Magento store went live. So we went live on the first of the year. So that was our first year in business selling actual units that we had inventory of online. And do we do, I mean, at this point, marketplaces are around. Amazon's already huge. Um, what, do, were you on any marketplaces? No, because we had such a heavy retail component to all of our retailers, Amazon was the devil. Amazon was their competition. So we went very heavy into a lot of the more specialty retail stores. We were very photo and video heavy. So a lot of the mom and pop camera shops in your town and our commitment to them, the part of the reason or part of the, the way we got in there was saying, Hey, we won't sell on Amazon. So you won't have to compete with Amazon. And they bit a lot and we signed up a ton of retailers. Uh, but again, hindsight 2020, you know, a lot of those guys don't pay their bills on time, small shops, they had challenges. So um, while the product was out there and we were shipping a lot of units, internally, it, it wasn't a great cash situation for the business. But uh, so we realized it took us about a year and a half. So end of 2017 was finally when we said, you know what, we can't not play on a marketplace because of these small retailers. So we ended up about a year and a half later entering the marketplace. So now you're selling on Amazon and potentially other marketplaces. Correct. Okay. Correct. And we don't we don't fear the Bezos here. Nope. Nope. We manage everything internally, so we do all FBA. Uh, we don't allow any of our retailers to sell on Amazon, so we manage that all in house ourselves. But that is about you know it's it's a seven figure a month business for us, uh, Amazon. Struggling to get your Shopify store off the ground? Okay, man. Let's turn it on. Get started faster with Zipify Pages. 
Zipify Pages is a one-of-a-kind landing page builder created by the founder of a $170 million Shopify store. Their impressive library of templates includes every page you need to launch a high-converting Shopify store more quickly and for a lot more profit. You could use it to customize your product pages, category pages, blog pages, even your homepage. So you could beat the competition and make a lot more sales. And since every template is tested on a $170 million Shopify store, you know they actually work. Plus, all pages are optimized for mobile, and built-in split testing helps you maximize your results. It's no wonder Zipify Pages is used by over 5,000 Shopify merchants. Go to Zipify.com Kurt, that's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash K-U-R-T, to start your free trial today. And to get an unadvertised gift, email help and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. I feel the need, the need for speed. When does the transition where you go, all right, we need to move our focus. Wholesale needs to become number two and direct-to-consumer needs to become number one. Uh, 2018 was the year. And we were we entered 2018 about 70% retail. And that was the big initiative in 2018. And finished the year, I think, about 50-50. But then 2019 was really where we made a lot of strides in that and basically flipped the business to 70% direct-to-consumer, 30% wholesale, which you know obviously... The nightly Shopify payments, that's when we shifted to Shopify was mid-2018. Uh, and that changed the business in terms of our ability to have continuous cash flow, reinvest, You know, started for the first time Facebook ads in 2018. So really built the business the first three years. We did not know about a lot of those D2C aspects of paid social and stuff like that. Uh, we were a little bit late to the game. And most companies, I would say, have a reverse story. You know, D2C first and then expand into retail. We, we did it uh, the reverse way. Well, and especially with like consumer electronics. And so it's, yeah. it's interesting to hear that reverse approach um, from a a category where you just wouldn't expect it. The, yeah. all right, so in 2018, you know, it's much easier to buy traffic from the traffic store with, with okay. Facebook ads. And so you start expanding via marketplaces by switching to DTC, running this funnel where we're, we're paying for traffic that's converting. Is it still only the Loom Cube, or are we starting to add new products here? In 2018, we launched the Loom Cube Air, which is basically what you would think it would be a smaller, slimmer version of it, uh, a light version, if you will. But that really, I mean, it was considered the Loom Cube. We just cut it in half and made it thinner, but same specs overall. So uh, it wasn't until 2019 where we actually dropped additional products that were not a cube of light. Uh, you know, we had accessories for the pro the cubes, but it was actually I went to China and had discovered some technology that hadn't yet made it to America in kind of an LED panel by color built in because we were still at this point in fixed color lighting where if I wanted to warm it up, I had to magnet a gel on top that would make it orange and you know the old school stuff as <laughs> it seems like a lifetime ago, but it was only about five years ago. Uh, and then, yeah, the technology really came a long way from an LED technology about how you could incorporate bicolor technology and change the, the color within the light. And so we started really leaning into more of the LED panels, which are probably the most common form of uh, photography or videography light that you see out there. Kind of looks looks like an iPhone in shape, but uh, but emits a ton of light as a, a light panel. Yeah. And then we've got, so we go for Bloom Cube, we start adding um, these smaller... These are like uh, panel lights that would attach directly to like the hot shoe on a camera flash. Exactly. Exactly. And it was actually in 2019. So we realized 
switching to business D2C in 2018 was a very powerful move for us. Uh, cash flow, you know, building relationships with the customer, really focusing on, okay, where does this customer go from here? And so created two new product lines in 2019. One was the bicolor panels, which was kind of an upgrade option, you know, better product, more applicable to the content creator, and they could use it in a lot more scenarios. But we also, because we were working with Apple at the time and had a little iPhone filmmaking kit in their stores, we would go up to Cupertino and work with them. And they kind of hinted, said, hey, guys, we're really leaning. We're putting a lot of our cameras in our laptops. We're leaning into kind of FaceTime. And at the time, it was Skype, not Zoom. Uh, and so they said, what, you know, you guys are the lighting company that we work with. Do you have any lights that could illuminate, you know, video calls, FaceTimes, things like that? Because it's not just cameras, it's more actual webcams and stuff that we're really pushing video. And we said, sure. So we made a, this, what we called the video conference lighting kit and launched it in 2019 at CES. And it was just in that LumCube era I mentioned, we put it on a little computer mount and you had this little light source that would face you when you were on video calls. And that's been kind of the the story that's on the wall of shame as well as the wall of fame where we thought we were going to crush it. We had a product that we were going to work with Apple on. They put that product in 300 domestic Apple stores here in the States. We brought in 20,000 units thinking it was going to be you know, the next best thing. That entire year of 2019, we sold about 1,800 units. And so I had 18,000 units sitting in my warehouse unsold. And, you know, those payment terms with Apple are not good. So it was in the company's history, the biggest flop was our little, uh, our Zoom light, which, you know. Is this like a Loom Cube on a stick? It pretty much, pretty much is what it was. It was not a glamorous product. And it's one of those ones that I look back and, you know, cringe when I see it. But that was, we entered 2020 saying, all right, we're done with the video conference space. That did not work. We need to get these things off the books and fire sale them somehow. And it just so happened that about 90 days. I was going to say, all you have to do is wait. Exactly. All right, so the the bad thing occurs. Now everybody's on Zoom, and suddenly, like, your favorite webcam is, like, has been ba- is now back-ordered for nine months. Like, I was just trying to buy a Logitech Brio at that time, and it showed up, <laughs> exactly. like, literally six months later. Um, yeah, it goes crazy. Tell me about that. Like, it's terrifying and exciting simultaneously. I'll look back on that for my life as one of the wildest experiences I've ever had. You know, that product itself, we sold those 18,000 units that were a liability on the books in 22 days on our website. Whoa. Went from doing, you know, about three hundred to $400,000 a month on our website, on our Shopify site, to doing a million a month, a million five the next month, two million a month, two and a half million, three million a month. And we grew, we grew 500% in that year. And it was absolute chaos. We were airing, we spent, I think for nine months straight, we just aired in container after container after container, spent millions on air freight, but the demand was there and that was wild. And so, um, leaning in, you know, we all know that during that time too, CPMs dropped significantly. And so we just leaned heavy into paid social and Facebook ads and, you know, went from doing I think it was about a million five, two million through our site in uh, in 2019 to doing you know almost 20 million through our site next year, and it was absolutely just doing anything to keep our head above water. And while it was great, at the same time, when you're behind the scenes at that, growing that fast breaks everything. You know, we were not prepared to be a 20 plus million dollar uh, Shopify business, whether it was our ERP system, inventory management, the way we were forecasting. So 
it was, it taught me a lot. It was the best, you know, street MBA I could ever imagine is going through. This is real trial by fire. Oh my gosh. And, you know, again, looking back at it, we were very, uh, kind of young and, and naive at the time. So made a ton of mistakes, but it was a wild experience and taught us a lot and, and really just changed the business. You know, we went from this small business to having a lot of cash coming in that we could reinvest in hiring people and building systems and building processes. So that really built the foundation that we still are on today because it allowed us the capital to to really invest in that. Yeah, the, the, the pandemic affected people unevenly. You had this like product that was previously an unsellable flop that is now suddenly in demand and people see the utility of it. And uh-huh. you're thrown into this uh, and leverage it and survive it. Um, and grow the business. Now you are able to really, it looks like you're able to really start spending on product development. How does it change? How does this change the product catalog? We're going for uh, loom cubes and loom cube on a stick. And we got some yeah. light panels, which are cool. Yeah. Um, big time. And we had to really spend a lot of time. You know, we did a lot of great things. We made a lot of mistakes in you get a little drunk on that growth and that category. And so our business turned from, you know, five or $6 million a year business selling products to photographers, videographers, content creators to a business, you know, 500% bigger than that, where 90% of our sales are to just work from home people, you know, who never touched a camera, who don't know what Kelvin temperature is, who don't know any of these, these key terminologies. So we really switched uh, the product line. We invested in a lot of elevated versions in that kind of video conference and workspace category. But, you know, you get a little excited about the growth trajectory that we are on. Obviously, as we look back hindsight 2020, that demand did not last forever. You know, the world is not the same as it was 18, 24 months ago uh, for good reason. And that's, that's a good thing. But uh, but yeah, so the demand for that in 2021 did drop off. So we had to really look at where can we we knew COVID wasn't going to last forever. How do we invest in other categories? And the other category we saw outside of just photography and high-end video, which was our original core customer, COVID also did wonders for TikTokers, YouTubers, everybody being able to create content from home. And, you know, a lot of people who got laid off did turn to being digital creators. And that now is their their light. So we got into that space for ring lights, for larger light sources that you could illuminate, you know, actual production studio light panels. Uh, but the the one that really probably saved the business is getting into that ring light space and building high-end ring lights because there was such a demand after COVID and TikTok and YouTube that wasn't tied to COVID. While, you know, the work from home and, and the remote launched that category big time and gave a lot of increased demand for that category. You know, when the vaccine came out and everybody went back to work, they did buy less video conference lights for Zoom. They did not buy less ring lights. You know, ring lights and that category of lighting for content creators has been here to stay. So our business, that side of the business over the last 24 months has grown exponentially and really replaced any lost demand that we had on that Zoom side. Because that was very much kind of a 24-month spike. All right, I want to shift gears a little bit here because now we're like, we're we're up to really today in your business where it's like you're selling, you've got... This the full catalog of lighting solutions and a, a big focus is uh, lighting for content creators who are in an interesting place where it's like their background is not necessarily photography, videography, but 
they are still like they're in the trenches producing the content and they could see right away if the content's successful. And so quality becomes paramount. And you've got everyone's favorite light. People don't even know why they want a ring light. They just know like, well, a ring light is what you need. And you can always, you can see the catch lights when you watch YouTube videos, catch light being like reflection. You can see like that perfect ring in their eyeballs or their glasses. And so you know, you know, like, ah, that's a ring light. And then pretty soon you're shopping for one. Oh, now, now you own a ring light. What the heck is a ring light? Why are these so popular? It's wild, man. It's, I, I couldn't even tell you. I think it started just as that the catch light in the eyes was really, you know, I've been in the lighting space for a while, well before ring lights were even existing. And the first times I saw them were very much in the portrait space for catch light in eyes. And it just, it creates a soft light source that does fill in a lot of the shadows because of the gap in the middle. And that really is what you want lighting to do. If you're on camera, what you want to not have is bags under your eyes, shadows under your chin, you know, stuff on your shadows in your nose. You'll most of the time not film in the dark, so you're going to be visible. And that's what a lot of people initially say. It's like, hey, why don't you just turn the lights on and film there? Well, with overhead lighting, you have major bags under your eyes, shadows in your chin. Like you have to have lighting that actually is facing you. And, you know, if you see yeah. a high-end production studio, you got a $100,000 lighting setup, but there are these big soft lights that are aiming at the news anchors and at the, you know, the person who's on TV. So our goal was to really bring that to kind of the home studio and the, the new content creator. Because while there were a lot of great light sources out there, they were in the thousands of dollars and cables and wires and complicated. And for a lot of these new YouTube creators, you know, something like a ring light was a portable device that could make them look better on, on calls, give them that catch light for sure. And, uh, and just provide a nice light source at a, at a comparable price. That would be something that they aren't afraid to spend. So um, it's a great tool and that's something that we got in. But what we did do is I sourced I bought every single one from Alibaba, every single one from Amazon. I had a room full of literally well over 100 ring lights trying to figure out what was good right, and bad. How many of those ring lights caught fire, though? <laughs> a few smoked. I'll give you that. A few smoked in the, if, in the I, Like 100 random Alibaba ring lights guaranteed at least one of those caught fire. <laughs> Absolutely. And so it was wild. And, and really the consensus was, while they all, at a very basic level, illuminate you as a product nerd who appreciates nice design and, and good quality, every single one of them just sucked. And that was the big theme that said, because initially we were going to look at white labeling one and, and you know do something that we've done before and just bring in a quick one, but nothing was good enough for us to put our name on it. And so that's when we decided, you know what, shoot, there's a huge demand here and every offering to creators sucks where it's either a plug, it's cheap plastic, it's going to die out. Or when you get it on this certain color temperature, we would do the light test and it's like a very poor quality of light and would give you a green or blue tint and so we ended up just investing a lot in product development to design what we believe is the best ring light in, this, in space and uh, and keep, kept it at, you know, not a thousands of dollars price point at about a $250 price point. Uh, but the biggest differentiator that we saw is content creators of five years ago and content creators of today. The biggest difference is today creators are very much on the go. You know, you are not only creating content in your house, in your studio. You might be a travel creator. You might be creating product for brands. And hey, I've got to you know do this new shoe ad for a shoe brand, and I want to go down to the beach or go you know on a trail to make this content for this brand. Every single one of those hundred plus ring lights that I brought in, not a single one had a built-in battery. You had to plug it into AC power, and so that's what we did: was say we want to create a product more for 
the creator who's on the go might be creating in the house, but might want to take it down to that, you know, trail to do this shot in a more creative environment. And they now don't have to worry about plugging it in. And so that's the cordless ring light is, is what we designed and we have not been able to keep those things in stock. It's been, it's been pretty crazy. So I, I have one of these and it's great. And the, the thing I love about it is like, obviously the quality and color um, of the light and, you know, like some of the, like color temp is always a nightmare to get right. This mm-hmm. one, it, like out of the box seems to work pretty well. Uh, really even light. You don't have hot spots where like some of those you'll, you could kind of tell it's like an LED grid. This one does not have that issue. It's a bigger light source overall than most of the the cheap ones I played with. I love the cordless feature, but what's really cool, the mount for your phone or your camera is built into the darn thing. And so it like places your device just dead center in that ring light. And so you get like you get exactly that look that you you already without even knowing it, you know this look. Or, you know, if you're doing you know like lay flats or like you're shooting a table, um, like you know, you're working on something, this thing works really well because I could angle it like I could angle it flat uh, and it doesn't fall over you know there's a lot of it's all the details that come together and make this a really quality light there I'm, I'm plugging this light but it's it I was a photographer you know, uh, 15 20 years ago I was an assistant wedding photographer I had a lot of experience with this stuff and this thing is great and for the price you are getting absolutely it's like prosumer level I love this thing absolutely yeah, that, and I got to give it up to my product team on that. And again, you know, a lot of that growth we experienced a few years ago allowed us to hire some really great product designers. And our big focus has been really that uh, kind of out of the box kit that has everything you need to just plug and play. And that was, we took that from Apple. When we went up there and we're developing product with and for them, they kept leaning in on the word frictionless experience. They want a frictionless experience for their users that you can take one foot out of the Apple store and open the box and you have everything you need to to work. You don't have to go and buy a mount or buy a stand. Um, and that's a little bit more of the, call it the Spirit Airlines model. Like you want to get anything else or use anything else, you have to pay up and, and buy these add-ons. So our, our focus has been really design everything in the kit top to bottom so that as a user, We've thought through everything, even that little phone mount. I can't tell you the amount of design and tooling and custom work went into just that phone mount to allow for every, you know, rotate from portrait to landscape mode, flip it back and forth from selfie to, to photo mode and the way it should mount so that the the phone faces you perfectly every time versus just trying to match it on a thread and maybe it having one degree off. So that's everything that you'll, uh, you'll see from us is really well thought out product where it's kind of plug and play. Everything in the kit will be there for you and yeah it's just a, a high quality product that comes out of the box uh and it, it it even comes with a remote where it's like you turn on and off set brightness and it's got color temp controls with color temp shortcuts explain this concept of color temperature for people who are unaware as to what we're nerding about nerding out about here yes uh so basically you know in layman's terms it's going from kind of a cool to warm like a blue to orange range and really the goal to in content creation is to not look like you're using an artificial light source. You want it yeah. to look as natural as possible. So that allows you to match your uh, your environment. So think of golden hour. You know, we all know what golden hour is kind of when the sun sets and that the lighting gets much warmer. So you're able to go in a room, whether it's the outdoors, you know, depending if it's a cloudy day, a sunny day, match the light of, of the area in 
this call right now, I can match the light that's overhead to make it look like I'm not using an artificial light source. And really messing with color temperature allows you to look as natural as possible. And I can tell you, we've probably all seen on the last few years where news interviews on CNN and such have, are all on Zoom. You see somebody who literally has this like crazy orange glow to them that looks super fake. And it's because their color temperature is off. They're in a very blue, you know, cool temperature room, yet the light on them is very warm. And it just looks completely unnatural. Is when they don't match, the camera is just like, look, I give up. I don't know what you want me to do with this. Totally, totally. And then, you know, the other more uh, more shallow aspect is, you know, you can give yourself a nice little tan and warm it up when you want to to look a little better on camera. And so that's, I always you know, run mine a little warm. I like it. Occasionally I go too far where I watch it back later and I'm like, ooh, I look gold. <laughs> exactly. And uh, but one of the things we're building into our products now that I want to talk about is just we're using we're one of the only ones using something called edgelet technology. So in a lot of LEDs, you will be able to look and kind of squint and you'll see those little LED yeah, diodes. This doesn't uh, do that. No. So we have a we're using a new technology that we've developed called edgelet technology, which the, no LED is actually facing you. They are facing inwards and reflecting off of a reflective plate that that illuminates you so that it's a much softer light and it basically is built in diffusion. So on most traditional lighting, you'll see those ma big umbrellas and soft boxes that are big white sheets that soften the light. This actually does that from within. And so it's a new technology. And that is the stuff that we do not cut corners on cost. You know, could we deliver a ring light for 50 bucks? Yeah, it would be a piece of crap. But this is allows you no hot spots, really smooth. So you know, if you're using a ring light, high chances are you're looking into that light source. You're on camera. So the last thing you want to do is have your eyes burning and have hot spots in your eyes. So it's very important that if the light is facing you, whether it's on a Zoom call, a ring light, that it's a very soft and diffused light. And we're the first ones to put that technology in ring lights where you'll see it you know, as a user in your eyes. It'll be much better, but you'll also see it in the result. It's a much softer light source. Uh, so the shadows are less harsh and you basically, you just look better. It's as simple as that. I'm so tired of losing revenue. Ah! Are you tired of losing revenue to abandoned carts and lapsed audiences? Of course you are. Did you know that anonymous shoppers who visit your store on their phones can't receive abandoned cart emails from Shopify? <gasps> Pop quiz. What do Warby Parker, Dr. Squatch, and Blendjet have in common? They all turn to retention.com to maximize their growth and reclaim lost revenue. It's money falling from the sky. With retention.com's reclaim solution, you can leverage industry-leading identity resolution technology to increase your SMS and email flow revenue by up to 10 times. We am um, 10xing our list, okay? Like 10x. Like I'm not even joking. Onboarding is quick and easy and implementation takes just hours, not months. Plus, retention.com's flexible pricing is based purely on incremental performance, so you only pay for what you get. Don't miss out on this amazing opportunity to grow your Shopify store and reclaim lost revenue. Visit retention.com to learn more and schedule your demo today. Any other lighting tips? I, I imagine you have many. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I would say the, the thing a lot of people... The pros are all about a multiple light source, two point lighting system, three point lighting system. Um, you know, that's the interesting thing and in that we really are leaning into on the education side. The one negative thing about having one light and every light does it, including the sun, it creates shadows. So if you have a light on one side of your face, you're going to have shadows on the other. 
And that's the cool thing about light and how creative it can be is if you have two lights, you can create very dynamic effects. You know, I see you're just looking at you, you have, I would, whether it's artificial or natural, you have a two point lighting system going on. You've got kind of a key light and some fill light on the other side um, where it creates dimension. You know, it's not an equal light source. And so that's what's fun about playing with light is you can use backlighting to create effects. So we always recommend if you are interested in getting the best content, two point lighting system is gonna be the best for any any use case. And that's the exciting thing that we are all about is when it comes to creating good content, a lot of people think first, I got to invest in an expensive camera. I got to get the new Sony a7 or something like that. At the end of the day, lighting will do much more for you than any camera will. And, you know, I, the example going to the extremes, if you use, call it a $10,000 high-end Sony setup and do an interview with no or poor lighting. And then you set up an iPhone on a tripod and light that interview well, 10 out of 10 times, whether it's the performance on social or just the way it's received, the iPhone shot that's well lit will be a thousand times better than the $10,000 camera that's poorly lit. And so at the end of the day, when it comes back, we're trying to really educate people that you lighting comes first. That is the most important thing in creating good content and the device in your pocket can give a tremendous amount of, of great content for you if you light it properly and it's well lit. Um, and so, you know, thank you to Apple for giving us all these phenomenal devices. They'd have some limitations in, in low light aspects. So lighting comes first. And then once you master that, then start upgrading your camera and you can get more creative effects. The uh, One of my my favorite budget hacks is you can a little bit make up for lack of other light sources with reflectors. And your reflector doesn't have to, you don't even have to buy an actual reflector, though you can get them yeah. inexpensive. I, I buy white foam core boards at an art supply store and I'll yeah. use those. And then like those can also work as backgrounds. And so I generally, I keep a stack in my house. I've got white, gray, and black foam core boards. Um, and they're great for crafts and re yep. light reflectors and backgrounds. Uh, and like every six months, like I'll have trashed a few and I got to replace them, but they're cheap. Totally. So, totally. You know, I like those a lot. It, yeah. Lighting is a thing where you, you get to get really creative. Absolutely. It, it's as creative tool. as you want. It's a tool. And that's what we look at. Like, you know, you look at somebody like a, a construction worker, you know, they've got a Phillips head in their bag. Are they using it on every job? No, you got your hammer, your drills and everything, but you have it there. Lighting is a tool for content creators. You know, are you going to, every time you hit record, are you going to be using artificial light? No. But if you are true investing in content creation, light will be your most advantage, advantageous tool that you have to elevate your content, to create different fact, effects and allow you to create content in any environment. You know, the amount of times we've been in a place where you want to get a shot and it's like, oh, the lighting's terrible in here. I can't capture the moment or I can't get this shot because as I'm walking around, you literally can't see me in my phone as I'm vlogging. You add a light, completely different scenario. So again, it's one of those things that we believe everyone should have one in their toolbox and, you know, a small one for your phone and, and for your, your vlogging or camera. And then you have more of your studio production light. And that's where you'll see our product line kind of expanding horizontally to to really be that lighting brand that content creators can, can come to. If I have something that I just want to snap on my phone, run and gun as I travel to Europe, we got you. If you want a home office light to look great on your your uh, your home office calls with brands and or content creation behind the desk, we got you. If you're looking to you know actually create high end cinematic work, tube lights and studio lights, we got you. And so that's the direction that we're really going. The I I'm subscribed to the newsletter. I have a few of the products. I love them, and I. 
am thrilled to see what you're going to come up with next and where this is going. But, all right, let's assume I need to gear up. I need to gear up right now. What is the thing, assuming I'm like, you know, I'm in the e-commerce brand, yeah, I'm on social media, I'm creating content, I got to shoot uh, photos or videos for my own website, et cetera, et cetera. I'm doing video calls all day. Help me upgrade my game. Like, what, what do I need lighting-wise here? First things first, one of my favorite products is our studio panel lighting kit. It is a little literal briefcase that has one foot by one foot light source, but it's a two pack. So you get two tripods, two light sources. So that's going to cover everything from you want to create content in the office. You want to do product photography. These things can do tabletop photography. It's literally a briefcase that has two battery powered lights that are about the size of a computer screen, a laptop screen. And it produces a tremendous amount of light, of course, fully bicolor, has a remote. That thing at 350 bucks is going to cover probably 80% of your needs in terms of creating content. And they're on these seven foot adjustable stands. So you can put them on tables, you can put them up and have, you know, do a proper full body interview or, uh, or content with it. And then the other one that just is a, a go-to favorite product and one of our top sellers is whether you are a photographer, videographer, podcaster, you know, entrepreneur, salesperson, whatever you're doing, we all earn a living primarily behind the desk. And so our edge light is our top selling desk light. It clamps onto your desk and that it's what I'm using right now. You know, I use it as a task light when I'm working, but then I flip it up and to illuminate me on video calls or podcasts, it's kind of my in office production light. And then you've got the one that is your run and gun stance for out there. So between the two of those, both of those combined are sub 500 bucks and you will have your office and your run and gun lighting solution that is going to allow you to compete with any pro out there who's using thousands and thousands of dollars of equipment. I love, you brought up the edge light. We didn't talk about it. I I have one. I got it as a speaker's gift and it, I was like kind of playing with it and I knew it was for um, like Zoom call lighting was the intended use case, but I was like, this thing's really cool. I ended up using it as a task light at a workbench yep. and then I, go. Uh, my 13 year old was like, well, I need a reading lamp in bed. And that, so he's using the edge light. There you and go. It actually for that is brilliant. Cause it's got like these really nice touch controls on it. You can, you can dim it, set the color temp. It's really sleek looking. Um, it got nice points of articulation and it's got a USB port on it. So you can charge exactly. his phone on it. Oh, there. the thing's, the thing's great. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. It's for zoom. But it also is like one of the best task lights, reading light. The thing's great. <laughs> I swear I was not paid to endorse this. <laughs> we use that edge lit technology in that product too. And, and it just, you know, our whole motto really in the education space is not all lighting is created equal. You know, can you get a, a light bulb, a task lamp, desk light on Amazon? Of course. Um, but you, you put two and two next to each other. It is wild to see how much lighting impacts our work, our energy, our mood. And there's incredible amounts of studies around that of office lighting and stuff. So our, our real focus is whatever you're doing, whatever your passion is, where Better your lighting. workspace is, yeah, create, have a well-lit workspace, you know, do not work in the dark. It's kind of the same, the same pitch or same concept as blue light glasses, you know, artificial oh, lighting yeah. can be really challenging on your eyes, computers and that. But when you illuminate a well-lit workspace in the surrounding area, it's easier on the eyes. You're going to then get better sleep. And there's a lot of these wellness aspects of just working in a well-lit environment. So it's one thing to illuminate your content well, but then in just your everyday workspace, that's a lot of the product line that we're creating as well Is even if you're a photographer or videographer who's using our lights out in the field, you, know, you might go and shoot for three hours, 
but you're going to come back and sit behind your editing station for 12 hours editing that content. And that's where we say we also have products there for your editing bay to keep a well at workstation so that you, know, you can literally sleep better, be more effective, and have less strain on your eyes. So lighting itself is, you know, we saw it years ago, just believe it's undervalued in the marketplace and it's a really powerful tool for production, for productivity, for content creation. And so that's really the mission that we're on is to create a brand and create a product line that has super high quality output, but is at kind of a D2C affordable and efficient price point for a lot of these new and upcoming creators. The, and I love your, I love your product pages. They're really cool. Uh, any chance you got any promos for us on any of this stuff? Like, all right, I'm interested. Can you hook me up? Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course, man. Um, why don't I real time create a little discount code for your listeners? Uh, you know, somewhere at like the 20% off mark. Deal. Uh, let's do the code unofficial. Use the code unofficial. Percentage, 20% off. And I'll let that go for through the end of April. We will keep that code live. 2023, just so we're clear. Just so we're clear. Uh, done. Done and done, man. That's going to saved and is live. Man, this has been this has been great because I, I really enjoyed talking to you. I've, I always enjoyed you know, photography and lighting has been... Um, a hobby and interest and you know was a uh a side hustle potential career path for me many years ago um but i was very familiar with the loom cube because i was obsessed with drones oh my gosh <laughs> i didn't own one but i'm like i want a drone and i want a loom cube and i'm gonna do this long exposure night photography and it's gonna be the coolest thing ever and i'm gonna be the hottest thing going on Flickr, which tells you like that social media network gone now <laughs> totally I hates me that word in a while the gen z kids are like what in the heck is a flicker um <laughs> So no, it really it was a delight to to hear your story, um, and and see hear the you know from humble beginnings to just like the incredible success you've got now. I appreciate it, Kurt. It's been uh, been a long journey and learned a lot along the way, but we're having a great time over here. Riley Strickland, Loom Cube, thank you so much. You're welcome, Kurt. Thanks for having me. The unofficial Shopify podcast is brought to you by Loop. Loop is a returns management platform that makes returns profitable and stress-free for you and your shoppers. Loop offers automated returns, exchanges, and store credit options to lower costs and increase revenue. Do you want to offer at-home pickup or boxless drop-offs? Need to lower return costs or increase repeat purchases? How about all of the above? That's what's possible with Loop. Loop delivers customized returns management solutions for Shopify merchants of all sizes, like Studs, Princess Polly, Code Epoxy to turn returns into returning customers. Find out why thousands of Shopify merchants choose Loop to manage their returns at loopreturns.com. That's loopreturns.com.